The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and its affiliates. These podcasts are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician. It does seem to hold true that ICSI is beneficial when you fertilize eggs that have been previously cryopreserved because there are some changes that occur in the in the zone of Pellucida and the structure of the egg itself. It does appear that ICSI helps in that situation. Intracytoplasmic sperm injection, or ICSI, is a micromanipulation procedure in which a single sperm is injected directly into an egg to attempt fertilization used with male infertility or couples with prior IVF failure. There's a new updated document from ASRM on ICSI for non-male factor, and we talk about it today on the podcast. Welcome to ASRM Today, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into the current topics in reproductive medicine. I am Jeffrey Hayes. Today on the podcast, I sit down with Dr. Dennis Vaughn. I began our conversation by inquiring about the importance of ICSI in reproductive medicine in 2020. As you know, this is a a reaffirmation of a previous document that was first published in 2012. And I think the biggest change that we've noticed in our field to date is that ICSI is now performed in over 70% of all IVF cycles. And that's irrespective of whether there is a clear male factor uh, associated with the with the patient or with the couple's fertility diagnosis. And so I think it's really important from a practitioner's standpoint to take a step back because of those trends and really reevaluate the indications for ICSI and whether it's in fact warranted across all cycles as a routine as opposed to um, where there's a defined diagnosis that necessitates ICSI to be performed. So there's not a lot of differences from the previous document from 2012? As I said, mostly reaffirmation. We've gone through each of the sections in the document and updated the literature. We didn't find that there was much contradictory literature. The newer literature basically agrees with the older one. They're just larger studies, more more up-to-date data. But essentially, it's, it's a very similar document in that regard. What was your role in the development of the document? And are there any other notable contributors that you would like to point out? So I work closely with the committee. Basically, there's, there's a practice committee within the ASRM. It's led by one of my colleagues at Boston IVF, Alan Penzias. And so I work closely with um, other committee uh, members to review the literature, um, update the literature, and analyze some of the data. What are some considerations of ICSI for non-male factor infertility? So there are a couple of instances where ICSI appears to be beneficial. And again, some of this was in the old document that we've now updated, but it does seem to hold true that ICSI is beneficial when you fertilize eggs that have been previously cryopreserved because there are some changes that occur in the in the zone of Pellucida and the structure of the egg itself. It does appear that ICSI helps in that situation. Other roles for ICSI would be eggs that have been matured in vitro, so in vitro maturation of oocytes. There appears to be from the data that we do have, although it's limited, ICSI seems to improve fertilization rates in those in vitro matured oocytes. There isn't great live birth data on that, but there is an improvement in in pregnancy rates. And then if a patient has gone through an IVF cycle with conventional fertilization and there's been failed fertilization in that instance, if the patient is having a repeat cycle, one should definitely consider ICSI to try to improve that patient's um, outcome in a subsequent cycle. And then the last thing would be 
traditionally we used to do ICSI for any cycle we were doing genetic testing on because in conventional insemination there can be extraneous sperm attached to the oocyte that can contaminate the sample and affect the, the genetic results. However, with newer genetic platforms that does not seem to be as much of a concern, um, but something that could be considered case-by-case -case basis. What are some major concerns about the safety of ICSI? So the, there's not great data out there on the safety of ICSI, specifically for, for non-male factor. And most of the studies that have looked at kind of birth defects and outcomes from ICSI in the offspring born from patients that have had ICSI performed, most of those are, are severe male factor. And we know that the presence of a severe male factor increases the likelihood of birth defects in offspring. And so it's been really difficult to tease out an independent effect of ICSI itself as opposed to the patients that were treating with ICSI. So there are a lot of confounders, but there was a large population study that I mentioned in the document that looked at birth defects after IVF. Um, and they tried to adjust for, for um, several confounders and, and did notice a slight increase in uh, birth defects following ICSI. But again, I think it's really impossible with retrospective data to, to control for all the confounders. And I would I would take that on board with a grain of salt. I would, I would say that because ICSI is so widely performed that it does appear that it's safe, we just don't have a huge amount of data to back that up. With this document, does it help practitioners to reevaluate practice in any way? Are there any suggestions in it that you would like to point out specifically? I think that ICSI is an additional step in the laboratory, and so it adds costs to the patient's care. It adds a workload and burden um, to the embryology lab team. And I think that because of those two major facts, without a clear indication, I think everybody should evaluate their own practice independently. There's clearly a role for ICSI. I just, I'm not sure that it should be routinely implemented for everybody because of those reasons. And I would encourage the readership, you know, the listener to take a look at the indications that we've outlined, the data that we've gone through in detail to support um, individual indications for ICSI in specific patient cohorts. Dr. Vaughn, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us on ASRM today. Fantastic. Have a good day. That was Dr. Dennis Vaughn, a reproductive endocrinologist at Boston IVF and a clinical instructor at Harvard Medical School. I am Jeffrey Hayes, and until next time, this is ASRM Today. This concludes this episode of ASRM Today. For show notes, other information, and discussions, go to asrmtoday.org.